The Tangenetic Podcast is aimed at a mature audience. It contains themes that are not appropriate for all listeners. Please note that we are not experts and just three guys talking about crap that interests us. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Tangenetic Podcast. This week it is me and Swoosh, but of course, no longer Ben, because... He's left us as of last episode, so we've had to rope in another one of our friends. Please welcome John Doe. G'day, g'day, g'day. How are we going? Well, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> always always a good thing for now. And nothing is on fire. Yeah. I count that as my benchmark. I'm still alive and the place isn't a flame. Well, I mean, with the amount of rain we've been having, how could you get a fire going? That just sounds like a challenge They now. say every day above ground's a good one. Yeah, true. Yeah. Just Lately, we need to float above that ground a little higher. Except for the mole people. <laughs> yes, well, they're well under. Yeah. So, me and Swish have known uh, John Doe for a good long time. We met in uni, so he's uh, kind of a giant nerd like us, too. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> so, why don't you give us a little bit about yourself? Uh, play far too many video games and uh, play as much D&D as I can get away with and yeah trying to decide if I want to get back into cardboard crack and <laughs> working out what I'm doing next oh. yeah man that magic monkey is that once that gets thing, gets on your back it, it doesn't like to let go yeah it sits there for a while and the worst thing is they keep making previous editions like obsolete so you can't even go back to it with your old supply uh, that depends if you get into commander which i did yeah that that's not a thing well, that's good it it'll it'll let you go all the way back to alpha it it never rotates out sets it just gets bigger i like that that that's pretty fun although there were some broken things in alpha yeah but they're not as broken as they used to be true they have new broken and there things. are there is a ban list it's not very big but it does exist but yeah there's no rotate out like if you get into if you get into magic and you get into commander, yeah, your cards are good forever. Nice. I got offered a deck of commander, and uh, it was for free. And they'd say the first taste is free, and before you know it, the black lands are crawling under your skin. <laughs> so I'm trying to avoid that at the moment. I <laughs> don't think my wallet um, would forgive me. Well, I, I, I'm just gonna not think about the like three decks I have. Most of which contain black. <laughs> <laughs> I normally run uh, black green, but hey, I have a black green deck. Uh, I got black green, black, and a black blue white. Fair. Yeah, black blue white. I, I always went pure colors for a while, like just pure red burn deck. Because I'm just gonna sit here behind a wall of one one creatures and just throw pebbles at you. Eventually, you'll die. It doesn't work as well in Commander when you've got three other people against you, all of which having 40 life who you need to take out. Yeah, that is true. Although... Doing one damage a turn is not very efficient. One of our um, friends from uni years ago had a pure blue deck, and he lost friendships from that. No one likes the blue player. Oh, it was... It was Never. Ugh. It was horrible to behold, but at the same time, it was so much fun to watch him destroy someone. Especially, we went to a very nerdy uni. So we went to a university for animation, programming, and like game design, and multimedia. So there's a bunch of nerds, and most of them played Magic. 
And to watch the new kids come in all cocky and just sit down and just get destroyed by a pure blue deck. So I summon this. No, you don't. Okay, I play this card. No, you don't. Well, in that case, like, no, you don't. How? Why? So what you do when you sit down to a pure blue deck is you sit down, you draw your cards, then you scoop and walk away. Yeah, pretty much. That's damn blue. That's table flipping. That's what happens there. <laughs> Tables get flipped and then thrown. Tables get flipped and yeah. thrown. Yeah. Friendships are ended. People are buried. It's a, you know, don't, friends don't let friends play blue. Yeah. Play any other color. Anyone. I mean, Gulgari is a great set. Black green is a really good, good color pie. All I can imagine is anyone who is uninitiated to Magic the Gathering listening to us right now going, Why the fuck are they talking about colors? <laughs> Look, I mean, we're a pack of nerds. I mean, that's just how you talk about magic. That is true. Reds burn, blacks fucking life steal, fucking white's terrible, and blues everyone. I hates. remember white being. That color spectrum is used okay. in every RPG, though. Pretty much that everything has the five color sets, which determine the type of damage you're going to do or what you can be immune to. So it's it's sort of relevant for yeah, other fields. Wait, most Pokemon players can at least get the gist of it. Well, we used to be able to. Now they've brought so many weird secondary types in, it's hard to tell. Yeah. So, so what land would you tap for a fairy type? That's just weird. Uh, nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> I tap glitter bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and this is why we can't have nice things. Mostly because yeah, we so spend a lot of money on, on cardboard crack, but still. I mean, if it's not cargo or crap, it's it's books of fucking role-playing games that I'm not running right now. Yeah. I, I have so many. Like, I've got loads of Pathfinder stuff still. I have that entire Rifts box set that... Oh, the, the secondary one I, I accidentally bought. <laughs> yeah, your accidentally second-bought box of Rifts. I've got that. And I mean, like, I would like to run Rippers and Tour of Darkness again at some point, but, like, they're kind of shelved for now. Um, we should definitely explain I mean, like, these systems though because it's a fun thing like oh look you're looking at like role playing systems like there's so fucking many and like I know me and Swoosh have played in a great many I don't know how many John Doe's played in though not enough that was a Never good answer enough. that was a <laughs> perfect answer yes I mean, I, I've yes. got a bunch of ones that I want to play for like one offs and stuff because they're fan made ones so I have one which is the Sonic the Hedgehog role-playing game and the way I need to run it is you search your name followed by the hedgehog with safe search on. Oh, sorry, safe search off. And that's the character you have to play. Yeah, Because the Sonic fandom is a... It's a strange fandom. I don't know whether to laugh or cry at that, so that could be a... That could be an interesting game. Oh, it'd be horrible, <laughs> I guarantee it. Everybody's going to be super pregnant. Yes, within <laughs> seconds. But there's also the fact that um, I've got the Team in T1, but there's a much better version of it, which is Savage Worlds plug-in. Uh, and weirdly enough, a One Piece one that was made by fans and is one of the best put-together role-playing systems I have seen in a long time. I've seen that rulebook. It is... Dense. It is dense is... and comprehensive, and I want to play it to see if it actually functions. But 
I mean, yeah. The problem is you really need a whole bunch of One Piece fans to get the most out of that. I need like three One Piece fans like, and one guy who knows absolutely nothing. Yes. Yes. Yes, you do. I was reading about one the other day that one of the original writers for TMNT, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, was uh, going into a TTRPG. Pretty much a furry's wet dream. Hmm. You play as any form of anthropomorphic critter to run through a campaign with uh, creature-specific talents and skills. Do, do you know what system he was playing? Because I think I might know what it is. Same. Uh, there was a system they were creating from scratch off the top of my head. I'd need to find a link to oh, okay. for the article for it. But Because yeah. the, the... like Okay, so just to explain, we me and Swoosh, uh, we use one called uh, Savage Worlds. It's a, a really good, very modular system. It's been around for a long-ass time. It very recently got its, uh, like, third major revision yeah. in in a long time. They've done some minor ones, but I think it's the third one is the new the one. The Adventure Edition way, it is just, the third, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I think it's Adventures, isn't it? I have the book um, next to me. Two seconds. Yeah, yeah, it's Adventures <laughs> Edition. It's on my bookcase right next to me. Um, I think that's the third edition. Yeah. Um, but the idea is that the 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 core system is very modular. It's got a lot of basic ideas in it, and then people reskin it with whatever they fucking go back in my bookcase, you pieces. <laughs> um, it's a really weird skin, but it's pretty fun. <laughs> they reskin it with whatever they want, so it's set up to run anything from a sword and sorcery fantasy game up to a modern, uh, you know modern day thing up to future stuff uh, it's got a, like a really basic template for that and then people reskin it with whatever the fuck they want. Actually speaking of those reskins um, they recently did a Pathfinder reskin for it they, so they teamed good. up with Pathfinder can we make like a version for Savage Worlds like yes please so they kickstarted it and we're getting like how many books for the kickstarter like 16 it's, like, I, like I said I think it's about 20 pounds worth of stuff. Yeah it's a lot. It's Gamming in the mail for me. I'm so like, give it to me now. It's like the Shipping child waiting for Christmas. <laughs> give me the things. Um, but I mean, like that's that's a really good one. But like, they have loads of other ones. Like the TMT one. Um, I can't remember what it's called. It's something in the Big Apple. It's uh, what was it? Mutant marsupials. Like they ripped on the name. It was pretty fun. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But like, it's literally just TMNT with all the numbers filed off. It it's really good too, um, and I personally have run a, a lot of other other modules for for Savage Worlds. I personally own Rippers, uh, which is an old timey English one where you hunt monsters, and then once you've killed them, you like you know rip out its heart and grind it into powder, and then snort a rail, and then you get healing factors and. You can that like, awesome. embed claws and extra limbs and all kinds of dumb shit. You got to play a few games um, of it for a while. It was really fun, but I was playing the guy who installs bits on the people. So you rip off a werewolf arm and just attach it to someone. Uh, so I was playing that kind of character to build towards. And then one of the guys got a crippled leg. I was like, well, we just need to go hunting for a new leg, don't we? But they never A werewolf to. arm. Well, that changed back after the, after the moon changed, though. Yeah, basically only the arm is influenced by it. It's great. Yeah. It's really, <laughs> really dumb. Excellent. It's, it is such a fun game. 
Um, and I've also got uh, one called Tour of Darkness, which is essentially supernatural Vietnam. It's part of their Weird Wars set, because they have Weird Rome, um, which, you know, fits the theme a lot better. There's a lot of, like, cool Greek mythical monsters. Uh, they have uh, Weird World War One and Weird World War Two, uh, which, you know, again, it's just the World War setting, but... Hey, who wants to fight a vampire instead of just a normal <laughs> Nazi? Um, and then there's there's Weird Vietnam, which is Tour of Darkness. Uh, I've run a bunch of that. That was pretty fun to run. Uh, it's got a lot of interesting stuff for, like, squads and things. Uh, and currently I'm running one called Nemesis, which is basically Cthulhu in space. And so far, I have not which, died. Nice. Yeah, Swish is... You've come very close to dying a couple oh, yeah. of times. <laughs> No, the weird thing is, none of us have any charisma-based skills. We are just a bunch of jarheads who our default response is to kill things. And for some reason, I keep getting pushed to the front as a face. Like, please stop. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Just just let me explode things. God, it's almost like the GM decided to set the players up to make a bunch of combat characters and then put them in non-combat environments. Who would do such a thing? <laughs> Look, it's mostly because you guys tend to just use your charisma stats to bypass so much we stuff. Do. I thought it'd be interesting to see what would happen if it's like, you've got to get creative. And guess what? You guys got fucking creative. It's great. Yeah, no, we had to... We, we were told to go and get, like, a bunch of people from a space station to come down and join the army as conscripts. Because, you know, they, they're in debt. So we get up there, but we can't find any of them. We realize a local... Kingpin has been buying up all the bounties. So our default response was, well, we're just going to have to take down this crime boss, aren't we? No in-between. We just went straight from zero to murder within seconds, and it was great fun. That is the way. That's that's Tabletop 101. Yeah, but they didn't even kill him. I thought <laughs> oh. I did. To be honest, I shot the guy in the head and kicked him down a, like a four-story building, and he survived. So it's just, now he has a vendetta. If he ever finds this guy again, he's just going to sit there and mess with him before finally killing him. Gotta confirm the kill, man. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of time. We had just destroyed a building and a few other things. So we had to run. But they, they were trying to, like, like they'd gotten to the guy, they'd got him pinned, and they were like, okay, so we need a way out. So we're going to, like, just push the wall out, and it'll just be enough that there'll be a hole so we can escape. I think Matt on like hey so in Savage Worlds on your dice roll to succeed you need to get a four or better that's it to succeed every time you get four again it's called a raise so you get it's more powerful it's it's like rolling the twenty you just keep, but the dice explode so as so long as you roll the maximum number on the dice you keep rolling now remember he needed like a four to get this he rolled something like a thirty eight yeah <laughs> so the entire half of the building so, just. Gone. Instead of the wall just like sort of opening, like he peeled the side of the building off. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. But so yeah, that's why they had an open space to be like shooting head kicked down hole. Yeah. And the way that that system works is a bit different to D and D, which D and D is a lot of pluses and you know base D twenty that kind of stuff. But Savage Worlds works on different kinds of dice. So your attributes, for example, are, they all start at a D four. Then at character creation, you put points into them to make it a d6, or make it a d8, or a d10. But you still only need to roll a 4 and above. So if you get up to a d12, it's like, right, cool, I'm rolling a, a d12, I have the potential to get way above. 
uh, a, a four and get all these raises and you know that kind of thing same with skills and other stuff it's really interesting that sounds very very cool points buy for rolling dice I like it yeah um, and uh, the thing that uh, like even Switch has started bringing into some of these other games is uh, a thing they have called the Bennies system uh, every character has a certain number of what they call bennies that they can spend during gameplay and you can either spend them to re-roll uh, uh, dice uh, I believe you need them for uh, soaking wounds yes. uh, so when you take damage you can perform a soak roll to just not take a wound certain feats need them as well to activate yeah one of my uh, feats in the, other... the new game is a uh, basically I throw a grenade and a creature that's bigger than me will eat it and explode yep <laughs> uh, so he has to spend his pennies on that or you can use them to influence the game setting so if you needed something to happen but you're not sure about how to make it happen you could spend a Benny and have the GM help you make it happen <laughs> that's also in game cheat codes <laughs> pretty much yes <laughs> and you know because you want like uh, per like the GM kind of decides when they refresh but you want to get three but the GM could be like you just did a really good play I'm giving you an extra Benny for that also, if you make the DM That's laugh, cool. like wheeze laugh, you get a Benny. That's just a you know a thing. Yeah, I generally consider that a rule. If you make me like have to stop the game, Benny. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. That's an awesome way of the awesome way of uh, earning and fucking spending. I really like that system. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It also lets the players like interact with the story a bit more, where they can start shifting things around and. It's pretty fun. Be, be as much as the world as the DM. Yeah. Be able to affect the world around them a little more instead of react to it. That's, yeah. I really like A that. lot more cooperative storytelling. Yeah. That's very cool. Which is probably exemplified by a game I played in, I didn't run, called Necessary Evil. And I want this. I absolutely believe this would be John Doe's game. So, here's the setup for the game. Yep. A bunch of aliens turn up on a version of Earth that has superheroes. And they're like, dude, these superheroes are fucking dope. We gotta meet all of them. They're amazing. So they get all the superheroes together, and they're like, dude, you guys are great. Shoots all of them. Yeah. All the superheroes <laughs> get killed. Oh, yeah. I love it already. So what you do is you play supervillains who are trying to kick the aliens off the planet because they keep getting in the way of my bank heist. Yeah. Oh, also, yes, the whole thing of like... Nothing to do with... The only person who gets to rule this mob ball is me. Oh, I'm so sold has, already. Yeah. I am it sold. It has nothing to do with altruism on the player's part. Their whole goal is fuck them off so that we can go back to being villains. We're now villains with no superheroes in the world. Oh, yeah. I am sold on this. See, that's so the hard. exact point I got to when I was sold as well. And I was almost <laughs> in with the character before the game went under. Uh, I... Unfortunately, our DM yeah. was having some mental problems and had to take a yeah. break. I had a really fun character built, though. Uh, it was a demon who could possess people. Uh, but because of the way possession works in that system, they would always know they'd been possessed. So I could rifle through their memories and do whatever the hell I wanted and get information. But at the end of it, he would just always carry a sidearm nearby. So, right, I'm done with this one. Bang. <laughs> Move on to the next one. Excellent. <laughs> So in this setting, I played a, a character who's 
who, like, he had, like, lots of multi-action, and he could, like, deflect bullets, and he could, like, jump super high. So his entire shtick was, like, jump into a pack of guys, turn into a blender, slice everybody up, and then if anyone shot at him, he'd just, like, ping it away. <laughs> you go full anime in that, that system, it's great. Like, we, we had lots of, like... One of the, the... The thing that I think exemplifies my character the most... Like, he was a bit of an unhinged nut job. There was a scene where I was trying to get rid of it. We were being tailed by some guys. I managed to stealth around, get in the back of their car, wait until they got an up to top speed, then murdered the both of them. So the car would crash. I, of course, was ready for it, and so it survived completely unharmed. Got out of the car, and the GMs decided he just wants to add a little flavor to the scene. So these this car has crashed into, like, an apartment building. So he's had... Uh, like a child walk out with like a teddy bear going, Mommy, <laughs> at which point I've just looked at the GM and gone, I pull out a knife, I hit, I do max damage, no witnesses. Uh, every so often, you play the GM. I know, right? And Necessary Evil is amazing. I have had insane amounts of fun with this system. It also, it, it hooks into the Superpowers uh, companion book for Savage Worlds, which is hands down the best Superpowers book I have ever and read. And just got enough. Like, yeah, we, we both backed it yeah. too. Um, like, I've played Mutants and Masterminds and I've played a couple of other ones, but nothing has as low friction get the superhero you wanted than this game does. The thing that I think works the best is Savage Worlds really likes a thing they call trappings. Mm. Where they'll have a generic ability or power and then it's you decide how it functions. So, say you wanted to create a character that could shoot lightning. Well, that's the energy projectile power and the trappings you put on it is it's lightning. Yeah. And you can do whatever the hell you want with it. So it's like, oh, I shoot tiny dragons from my hands in the shape of energy. And that's yes. what you have then. Uh, it's just as long as it's that way you can just make an interesting looking character and base template in what the stuff you need yeah I think you could I have an energy blast that's oh. just shooting mini jondos yeah. <laughs> tiny versions of yourself just running at them biting them uh, and then there uh, are like advanced things you can do with the system there's a, a system they have called power stunting mm. where you spend a benny and then you can take all the points you spent on one power and so long as you can justify it, you can use another power that you don't have at the level of points that you can put into it. So there was a scene in the game where we'd been thrown into a big fighting pit. And the GM, to his credit, had talked up the big monster we were about to fight really well. It was actually super on our power level. We totally could have taken it, but he absolutely made us fear this thing. So I've been like, okay, I need to do something big so that we can get past this monster without dying. And I've gone, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a power stun. I'm going to take all the points I put into leap and I'm going to put them into super strength, theming it around my my legs so that I can like stomp the ground and like create an earthquake. I put all my points in leap in, which is my main superpower, which means I've gotten a stomp that is capable of kicking a tectonic plate. <laughs> so I've done that. <laughs> At which point the GM has to roll for how big the earthquake is. Our GM rolled it and went, Oh no, fuck that, that number's too low. <laughs> and rolled it again. 
Oh, I love it. Overpowered is your starting point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. Um, at which point, like, it was this insanely giant earthquake, and I think I dropped, like, half the continental shelf. Um, we popped off the Ring of Fire, like, like the United States from the, uh, what is it, East Coast, all the way back to Ohio, dropped into the ocean. <laughs> this game also had one of the best explanations for, like, interactive storytelling, I think, that I've heard from uh, Seth in these games, which was the McWars. Oh, yes. Okay, so, a little bit of context. Uh, when we were continuing the game after the... Like, this was after the big earthquake thing I did. Uh, we were going to go attack a dude, and he was on his own little, like, mini Vegas he'd set up in Ohio, because now it's waterfront. Uh, so that's, of course, where the new spring break's going to happen. So, the GM got us to design this whole strip. So, we, we went, like, corporate as shit with it. So we started by having, uh, we had two hotels that were rivals. And there were the Presidential and the Confidential. The Confidential's like next to the Presidential and it's on a cliff. So what we did is just off the cliff and down one level is the, uh, the sort of love hotels and stuff like that, which we of course called the Lewinsky. <coughs> <laughs> um, we, we had like this like this whole big strip which had like the uh, what was it the Power Age Recharge Zone uh, we had the McMecca which was an area that just had every different regional McDonald's in it I do want that <laughs> though in real life they just I know right <laughs> the, a McDonald's UN mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd still rather it called the McMecca yeah um, they had their own like they had their their own McDonald's themed battleship. Uh, I think Pornhub had a big dick shaped blimp. <laughs> um, well, that is a good here blimp. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and, and the, I think we set up some kind of like camp area near the hotels. So what we did is we were we were trying to get into this facility because it was guarded by these uh, demons and these aliens, and we had to create a distraction. So. We got one of our hackers to fly uh, Maccas-themed drones into the area that was occupied by the Hungry Jacks uh, company. Uh, that'd be Burger King for anyone in America. Um, and so it created this kind of little conflict between the corporations. And we used that plus a big fight we brewed between the campground and the guys living at the uh, staying at the hotel to create kick off what we ended up call uh, the big corporate wars where we had the uh, what were they the okay. Mook Marines yeah. who were a bunch of uh, tactical Marines except all the uniforms are done up in the same colors as Ronald McDonald because hey, like at that point they all have their own PMCs. Um. The, we we didn't really design a lot of stuff for Hungry Jacks because we decided they were going to lose, so we just called them the Hungry Jack Off. <laughs> uh, all the Grenadiers were dressed like Grimace. Nice. Um, we had their stealth, uh, the, like the, the like behind the line stealth guys, were all dressed like hamburger. <laughs> um, uh, because it was such a big fight. Uh, KFC said in their uh, their what was it the the McChicken Walkers the oh, the, Chicken uh, Walkers yeah, the KFC Walkers the KFC Chicken Walkers, um, and we all got out of there just before the uh, Taco Bell fire suppression team showed up. I do like the fact it was a fire suppression team. 
<laughs> All right. Um, yeah, that that was just a dumb thing. Like that had nothing to do with actually the plot of the session or what we were doing. We just designed it in the background and had a whole lot of fun with it. It was the dumbest thing I think I've ever done in a role playing. That game. and the uh, the news things you used to do at the start of them, which was uh, at the start of a session, they would do a news reel to try and you know time has passed. What's happened since it's all gone to shit? But <clears throat> yeah. So, like, um, it was designed as an in-between sessions thing, so the GM had some time to, like, design the next big encounter, so we didn't have to skip a session. So, what we do is we do these things we call the news, where as players, like, no bannings required, nothing like that, we could just design stuff for the setting. Uh, there was a, we beat up a, there was one session where we had to fight a robot, which was called Intellix. Uh, oddly enough, powered by Intel. Um... We beat the shit out of it. Uh, the last thing I said to it was, was should have gone AMD. Um, <laughs> but, like, we had a whole lot of fun with this. And it was supposed to be a one-and-done fight. But in the news segments that we were doing between games, we were telling a story about how he'd survived and he was coming back and hunting us. So we basically went, here's a boss that the GM had made that we really liked. We want him back. Nice. You always got to wait for the next generation to come out, bud. So, you know, that was, that was really good. My favorite one is, oh, it, it turned kind of into a fan favorite within the group, was I was looking for something a little more extreme for the setting. So I essentially made Alex Jones. And I had him, like, fucking hate one of the other players. He was always talking about trying to kill them and all this kind of shit. And the big point was, after we did this thing on the strip... Like, he, of course, had a, a stall selling all these fancy supplements. And I've done this whole little bit about how he was, like, on scene. And he's talking about, look, it was a serious tragedy. Like, so many bullets were fired. So much loss. And so did the store clerk, because he's actually talking about how he supplements are riddled with bullet holes and is spread all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it was like J. Gemma uh, Jameson on crack. Yeah. I mean, like, there was actually, like, his big thing was, like, he hated uh, mutants and anything like that. And if we'd kept playing the game, the GM had already set it up long-term that he was going to turn out to be a mutant. And the way you were supposed to know is that never did you ever see him breathe, but he kept talking. Nice. <laughs> That's a pretty cool little hook. I like that. This whole setting sounds amazing. Mm. It's great. I fucking love Necessary Evil. It is absolutely, hands down, one of the best times I've ever had, and it is an amazing setting. And given that we just got the new Superpowers yeah. book, which comes with better bases and vehicles, the next time I play it, I know it's going to be even well, better. Well, the next thing I want to run is actually um, Rifts, which is, it's the same skeleton, so it's uh, Savage Worlds. But it's based as a, it has its own setting and everything, but it's a bridging setting. So you could basically be like, right, rifts have opened between time and space and different worlds. So whatever character you want, you have access to. It also means I, as the GM, get to throw whatever the fuck I want at you. It's like one week, I will have some, we'll have a zombie invasion. That's fine. Next week, you're versing robot cowboys. Good luck with that. Have fun. Uh, and the basis of that entire uh, game will be you're a bunch of, you know, people stuck in a really shitty city that you've always hated and then you stumble across the supernatural when rifts open 
you gain a power and then you're just drafted into the rift society it was like you have to go into these things and close them that's your job now you have no choice it's that or death so you could basically have whatever you wanted you could have a character who turns into their D character so the idea is you have an alter ego and then you have to transform or take or use abilities and that kind of stuff so you could have a guy who's like all right yeah i had a, a D character in my back pocket when i was the first rift happened and I got stuck with the energy. So I now have a magical girl transformation into a D&D character. And even more fun is you start playing with the trappings of that. So it's like, oh, it's a really big buff guy who turns into a tiny female ranger. Like that kind of dumb stuff. So I want to run that campaign just to see what people do. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. And far too many options to be able to pick anything coherent. <laughs> Pretty much, like, you're just you're just talking on a base level. Like the Rift's book setting is rich with content, mm. but because of the way Rift is designed, you can literally take any other Savage Worlds module and be like, "I made this character. Let's go." I brought this in now. So if you've got another Savage setting you like, you can just bring the character along. It's fine. It's Rift. Yeah, and it works. Perfectly, because everything is based on the same skeleton. Uh, it's the value of Savage Worlds as a setting. Yeah, although... Using the same bones means that all these things, maybe not 100% work together, but they do quite well gel. And you never really have to learn a whole lot of different stuff to go to a new setting. You just have to learn the setting-specific stuff and move on with your day. Yeah. Although, here's a question for both of you. With Savage Worlds, if you were to build a villain and that kind of thing, what would you build? Because the original one I had built for a D20 game years and years ago, which was uh, Mutants and Masterminds, it was an arms dealer who his power was being able to store things digitally. So he had a server set up at home and all he did was store his weapons there and could recall them at any time and had a teleportation gimmick which let him teleport through landlines only. So he could teleport into an office as soon as he had access to the network. He just couldn't go wireless. That was his only detriment. Uh, but he was fun. Just an instant black market. Like, he had the tiny stall. He had everything. He just stored it all digitally. He's like, hey, who wants weapons? Bam! Buy my weapons! At any time, they would take people down. It's like, and I'm taking that gun, and I am taking that gun, and ooh, an RPG, and just store them. So he always, A, had weapons, and B, would always have things to sell. Right up until he gets, you are not in a service area. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Since you stepped hey, out of a major was his, city. That oh, was his downfall. The second he left a city and was out in the middle of nowhere, he was done. He couldn't do shit. <laughs> I mean, as far as villains I'd make, um, I, I would have probably just made... Like, I mean, I already did make my villain. I made Halzigan, the guy played in Necessary Evil. He was super fun. Absolutely nutbar, but so fun. Dude was insane. That is true. Although I could see you making Yongo again. That was actually going to be my backup character if Zegan had ever died. I actually specced up how to do Yongo. The Death Goblin. Yeah, he was. I mean, I played a version of Yongo in fucking um, Shadowrun. That one was broken. That abused a lot of things that were really not fair. <laughs> because he was an adept and he couldn't take uh, cyberware. 
so I took a debuff, which is cyberware is extra bad for you. I'm never going to use it, so this is really just giving me free points. Nice. I'd probably go for a, a character that, that looked and acted very much like everyone else in the world, but the ability to shape and mould the public opinion into my goals. Oh. But that hits it a little Ooh. too close to home. That, so I, I don't need to face. do anything. So you're playing it's, a politician. Uh, That's just mean. Yeah. A, a, a politician with a little more uh, pointed goals. I know where you've got that from. That just reminds me of, of uh, Mistborn, the push and pull. A little. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The guys who can <laughs> flare or like reduce emotion—they were a fun idea. Yeah, just decided what what isn't we we go over there. I I think this person deserves a bit more money, and oh, funnel funnel that over this way. Oh my god, how bad are those people? Mm. Go get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be trusted. That would be a pretty terrible yeah. power. Like yeah. that would ruin it, something. You wouldn't need to be on a front line or anywhere near the action. You can get everyone else to do it for you yeah that that's well that is the one thing about um necessary evil because of the setting and the way it's built you can't really play a hundred percent in the back line you've kind of got to get in there eventually no but you could have a i suppose a horde of everyone else who was pissed off at everything else (laughs) you can actually uh because of the superheroes companion you can actually get retainers and like armies under you it's pretty cool you can eventually have like just the The, gang an actual gang like a full organization it's like yeah no I have the foot and then they run around getting murdered by ninjas but still yeah I mean like I said like I knew the minute we were talking about this stuff John Doe's game is necessary yeah yeah I'm I'm in (laughs) I'm in anytime you want to run that I'm in well I do want to run that one and I need to get into the whole streaming thing so Maybe that'll happen eventually. I'll burn some evenings. I'm up for it. <laughs> okay, well, I feel like we need to move on from just talking about Rob Link. <laughs> we, we have funneled a lot it's of... It's far too easy out. to sink time into. Oh, we could sit here for oh, it hours. Is. We would just go in circles eventually, but it'd be fun for us. I mean, it's not even talking about like the shit from, one, from games I've run that I don't like, like I have very mixed feelings about actually they're not mixed they're pretty negative about Starfinder which was the space version of Pathfinder which is not very good mm. um, I mean I've run a lot of World of Darkness back in the day I enjoyed setting because I, I helped you build a bunch of stuff in that world because to be honest if you leave me yeah. and Seth alone in a room we just end up building D&D worlds it's it's a problem oh you mean when we were just fucking waiting in line for the COVID shot yeah yeah, yeah. we went and got our COVID shots both times in the line we just sat there and thought up entire campaigns for uh, the new Pathfinder Savage Worlds expansion because <laughs> now monks are viable yay Oh, they absolutely are. There are actually. I don't think there is a character class in that setting that isn't better in the Savage World, especially setting. because of trappings. It's great because now you can make a monk that does whatever you want. You couldn't have Goku. It's a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I swear the guy the, who the made spent three sessions going ah. Yes. No. You could have a detriment, <laughs> uh, a custom detriment, which is just you had to do your power ups. You have to sit there and scream. <laughs> <laughs> I'd let that roll as a major hindrance. Sam, the the entire party's moved on, and you're still back in the like three rooms, going ha! Ah! 
we're over. All right, keep moving. All right, they got to pick you up and carry you to the next three rooms for the next boss. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I love the idea of someone starts their charging sequence, and then the barbarian like just walks up and just like carries him, picks him up like a manic, and they're frozen in pace. And, ah! <laughs> Puts him down in the middle of the next room. What's that? My totem. <laughs> He just screams a lot. Ignore him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the screaming you've got to worry about. It's when he stops. It's a great distraction, though. It's like, we need we need a distraction while we go off and do things. Say no more. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, halfway through a fight and suddenly the room goes quiet now. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God, no. Hit the deck! It's the, the, the Simpsons thing. But Marge, the tiny guy, hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, I mean, like, I feel like I should talk about Morbius because I've seen it now. Um, I I have things to say about that. I mean, go for it, but, like, I can't help but feel that that was an awful lot of money to make a really boring movie. Pretty much. Like, there wasn't there, someone was saying recently, I was talking to them, it felt like Matt Smith just turned up to the, the set with, like, a bottle of Jack Daniels and just had fun with it, because he's the only yeah. good thing in that movie. Uh, just, I don't know what happened in that movie. I think it's just propaganda for Jared Leto's cult at this point. But God knows. Apparently, he was a real dick on that movie. He was a dick on apparently every movie, but... Oh, but I mean like in that movie at the start of the film the main character's on crutches mm. and because Leto is such a dick like I've got to be my character all the time even when he was off camera like oh we're cutting for a toilet break he'd walk on the crutches mm. so it just made everything torturous for everybody else until they finished all the scenes with him in crutches yeah no it just sounds like someone you want to slap yeah I'm surprised he hasn't been yet. Like, the Ugh. amount of stories you hear about... Ah, yeah, that's bad. He's a crazy boy. I mean, like, like... like The thing I think most exemplifies Mobius is... they Like, it takes forever to get there. But eventually they get to the bit of the movie where... He gets his powers and he turns into Vampire Man. Yeah. They do... The first big action scene is him hunting these, like... Dudes on a tanker ship. But... They use what I think is a weird mismatch of audio because they use music that what I, I would expect if the heroes were being hunted by the monster but it's over the hero who is the monster hunting a bunch of mercenaries yeah it's a very <laughs> odd choice but most of it happens off screen so you don't even get to enjoy it that much and then the next scene is him in a lab clinically talking about the powers he has so the first time you even get to see all these powers, it's boring. Pretty much. It's also like, it just card hits to from like, you know, action scene to science talk. And it's boring science talk. It's not even proper Marvel science talk, which is like animated and fun. And there's, a, you know, holograms. It's, no, it's a guy on a whiteboard. Like We need yeah. the next step of the MCU where they redo Blade and just sort the whole thing out be done with it didn't the um, vampire yeah. hunter just cleans it up yeah that, that would be good actually I'd be okay with that and bring Wesley Snipes in just so he stands in the background going uh oh, no. I was in this I, I want Wesley Snipes as just a random vampire that gets murdered <laughs> he already had his best cameo in uh what we do in the shadows yes yeah, true 
as part of the Vampire Council, Skyped in as the Daywalker. <laughs> that was a great movie. So I know. Have you seen that show, Dan? Uh, no, I have not. Yeah. But I oh. believe I will be looking it up. It's it got a, awesome. a couple of spin-off shows. Uh, there's a spin-off movie coming called We Are Wolves, which is the werewolves from it, and I can't wait for that to come out. But then there's a spin-off which was oh, what was the the paranormal one? The oh, Wilson Paranormal. Yeah. And it's the... Uh, oh, that show is... It's so just a bunch of random small town cops dealing with the paranormal and just... It's so much fun. That They actually, like... like They have very low budget for the show, but it's very good. Um, I still think their aliens are some of the creepiest I've ever seen, and it's mostly because they're blurred. Yeah, no, it, it's... it. Why Why did they blur it, though? Like... Like, like, like they show it, and like it's mostly their top torso, but at about crotch height, it just blurs for no reason. It's like, but why? What it's a well hung alien. Yeah. It, I mean, that's what I'm assuming, but like that just makes it more terrifying. There's a whole it, bunch of aliens in this cornfield with apparently like four arm long dicks. Yeah. They don't have legs, they've just got two massive dongs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a paranormal is really good, um, but uh, what we do in the shadows is, is absolutely amazing. Um, it's a TV show. I think it's a. I don't know if it's a sequel. I can't actually remember, but it's based off the movie of. The it's a. Uh, it's um, basically a side story because it's based in the US as opposed to New, uh, New Zealand. Yeah, um, but it's it's absolutely fantastic. The the characters are all. Like, there's a bit where one of the dudes gets into a beef with the werewolves because they've been coming into his garden of toberies, all of which are designed like the to look like the vaginas of women he's fucked. His prized one is the one that he looks like his mother's because he came out of it. Yeah, it's a very strange TV show. All I can think of there is, we want a shrubbery. (laughs) 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 But honestly, like, if you can find a way to watch it, like, absolutely what we do in the shadows is... I will. I'll track it down one way or another. I mean, like I said, that, well, it's in Paranormal, and if this werewolf one comes out, like, I will be watching the shit out of that. That's Like, their werewolves are great. The, the when he gets into the beef with the werewolves they end up on top of this building and one of them like full on wolves out he's like huge and they're like okay I don't know what to do so the dude grabs a squeaky toy squeaks it and throws it off the building <laughs> and which when the werewolf was like yo it <laughs> <laughs> just leaps off the building and fucks itself up I, I, I love the stuff that pops up for because the original movie that came out I can't remember the actor's name but he's uh, really he's a comedy actor from New Zealand and he I swear to god he looks like Hugh Jackman um, but he was in like you know, the most recently Jumanji and that kind of stuff as the the guide. I, oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't remember his name, but he plays their pack leader, and the entire time it's he's just a wonderful human being. So it's like you know, one of them starts swearing at the vampires because they have the long running feud. So hey hey hey, what are we? Like, werewolves, not swear wolves. That's right. And he's just like den mothering them. Uh, so at one point, it's like, "What are you wearing?" He's like, "I'm wearing my jeans." Well, you're gonna transform and rip them now, aren't you? He's like, "Oh, I didn't bring my uh, my sweatpants." Like, well, now you've lost your jeans. And like, you know, chaining themselves to treat. It's just so much fun. That's why I'm keen to see more of We Are Wolves because he will be the one in it. And yep. I'm like, I'm in. Done. Absolutely. That sounds perfect. 
Oh, it's so good. Uh, God, I wish there were more TV shows like that out right now, but it's a pretty dry time right now. I mean, like, I'm willing to put our spoiler alert up for this episode because, like, I'm, I've got some angry things to say about Halo. Yeah, that's fair. Because their newest episode is... It's bad. It's it like I thought the previous episode where they blew it all on insurgent chick finding herself was bad, and then it's like, oh wow, we 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 can make it worse. We can do dumb shit. Was, it, it went from the, insurgent chick does drugs in the desert to yep. chief losing his V cut. And I still say that's not the most egregious thing in that episode. Yeah. It's stupid, but it's not the worst. There were definitely some... Because for me, it's actually the scene after it that pisses me off way more. At what point are they going to step onto a halo? I'm expecting... I I am expecting the cuck on this one. They're going to step on the halo. They'll be in orbit around the fucker, and that's where they'll end the series. See, I was really sure, up until now, that like they were, they're going to put boots on it before the end of the season. After watching that last episode... Yeah, I'm I'm with Swoosh. They're gonna cuck us. We're not gonna get Halo this season. I'm thinking at the end of it, there's not even gonna be a Halo. Someone will come up and put a, a shiny crown on Chief's head, and that'll be his Halo. Yeah, that that's season what two. You're not even I gonna get a it. sniff of it because completely different direction. We have nothing to do with the games, so why yeah. would they go to any actual Halo? It, it's. I mean, they keep warping to something in their mind between him and the spy girl that that maybe there's something. Mm. I, I I don't know. It's really dumb. It turns out the Halo is just the journey to get there. <laughs> it Halo is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so the thing that pissed me off, like like I said, everyone else is getting all bent out of shape over this sex thing. It's stupid. It doesn't belong. It's it's retarded. But it's absolutely the two follow-up scenes. One, where Halsey just calls the Spartans and goes, Oh yeah, the entire military chain of command is fucked. You only listen to me now. And it somehow Why? Why the fuck is that even a thing? She straight out Order 66 them. Yeah. Yeah. It's so dumb. But like, at least Order 66, like it felt like, like, I mean, the whole regiment had been designed by Palpatine to do it. This is just like... It's not like, oh, I'm going to execute, you know, implanted memory mode Zeta. It's literally her telling them, yeah, the military's fucked. You shouldn't listen to them. Why? You're part of the chain of command in military. What the shit? She's a civilian. (laughs) Execute order hot point. (laughs) Pretty much. We've we've got this hot hole. What do we do? Ah, Throw something in. Fill it with bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) You want fucking plot hole. It's the following scene. Mm. So, in this episode, they've had one of the other Spartans without armor, not casually, but with effort, but able to reasonably easily lift an entire warthog with people in yeah. it. That's been established as a feat a unarmored Spartan can do. Yeah. The Mjolnir armor makes Spartans stronger. It is literally take all of your stats, add more numbers. Pretty much. There is no downside to wearing Mjolnir armor. Chief gets into a full-on fist fight with two Spartans in Mjolnir armor while he does not have armor on. In this fight, 
They show one of them punching through a concrete pillar. There is no reason Chief should tank even one hit. He tanks multiple. Yeah. It is a protracted fist fight. I, I remember it they did have fucking stupid. They had bone augmentation. It is plot point armor. Yeah. They had bone augmentation as part of the Spartan surgery, but at the same time, that still wouldn't save him. He that his chest should have no. been concave after that first hit. Yeah. It is not adamantium. Yeah. No. Although I do love the uh, the Spartan that was doing the lifting of the the warthog. I oh, I love her story more because like, Chief's like, oh, I have to take my time and figure this life thing out, and she's just doing rails of life in the corner, like fuck yeah, let's go lift a <laughs> fucking tank, do it, <laughs> and off she goes. I'm like, why are we following you? You're more fun. It's really simple. She's more fun. Yeah, that's a good point. Wherever the most interesting bit of plot is. Out of fucking direction. More or less. I, 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 I mean, I'm going to watch the last episode just so I can be angry about it. Yeah. Like, I'm going to hate watch it. <laughs> Pretty much. Just how it's supposed to bolt to now. Didn't they, they've already been approved for another season, haven't they? Yeah. Another two. Ugh. Like, at, at best, we'll get a picture of maybe, like, an edge, a hazy picture of a halo. Yeah. But... In a post-credit. In a post-credit, yeah. Not not anything in the episode, and they won't be headed there. That won't happen next season no, no. either. At least they showed that, the glassing of a planet. Three final plot like, line. I, I'm just... Yeah. At least they finally showed the glassing of a, of a planet to show what the government's actually capable of. Did they? Yeah, they um, show it on a... It's annoying because they only show it very shortly on a newsreel, and then it cuts off to it, and they mention it being glassed. Um... Because eventually we'll see that happen to Reach, I hope. Because, you know, fuck Reach. Yeah. I, I mean, the fact that they called the fucking main city Reach. <laughs> Guess what's being exploded? I, like, that city has a name. Yeah. Um, oh, fuck. I can't even remember what it's called now. My brain is blanked. But it has a name. Like, you didn't have to make one up. It, the main city on Reach has a title. This is what happens when you ignore source material. Yeah, 100%. And they have openly admitted that they did. I hate that. If you're going to be writing for something, why would you just ignore source material? It doesn't make sense to me. Ignoring the source material, who is the show even for? Because people who have no interest in Halo aren't going to fucking watch it. The only people that are going to watch it have an interest in Halo, and you've just cut them out by saying, we have no interest in I what swear, you're that interested to, in with this. It happens to every adaption of a movie or TV show or anything. So, oh, we have a dedicated fan base. Should we cater to them? Nah, fuck those people. We'll get new new guys in. Like, no, you won't. Just cater to the audience that exists and wants the thing. <laughs> you, you have guaranteed money. Don't chase friggin' fake dollars that don't exist. Yeah. Pretty much. If you play to the fan base... They will go rabid, and they will like it. Absolutely. I mean, like, I like the idea that they might they weren't gonna a hundred percent follow the play, Halo stop plot. God damn, I am good at words. Mm. I actually wasn't that bothered that they were gonna do their own thing, major plot wise, yeah. because you either do the exact story, or I'm gonna be pissed about it. Mm. So you openly go, "We're not gonna follow the game." Okay. That still means you need to respect the source material. Yeah. If you're not going to follow don't. the game, follow a completely separate Spartan. Yes, don't follow 100%. Master Chief. Write your own yes. freaking story. You mean 1337, the only acceptable other Spartan. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. <laughs> he is great. 
but it's but like there's plenty of space to write something else in the setting, hmm. particularly where it is like we're on reach, so it hasn't been glassed yet. So there's still other Spartans out there. You've got options. Yeah, hundred yeah. like, percent. Go off and do other things. Like write another epic story. That people are like, oh, I wish there was a game of this. Not, I'd wish I was playing the original game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd even take it with the original There's graphics. Bare bones is- yeah. As bare bones as the, that original game was, like, it's fucking Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. Mm. Back when the story was very oh. simple and straight lines. Like, what do we want to do? Kill the aliens. Like, well, okay then. Aliens bad. Kill the thing. <laughs> Deal. I can yeah. understand that plot line. <laughs> Third alien shows up, hates everybody. All right, kill everybody. Go. Yeah. And then I eventually went and He's read the book. He's a new enemy book. type. That's all you got to do. Like, the original mm. book for The Fall of Reach was amazing. I liked that book. It was good fun. Yeah, it was oh, really yeah. Good book. Like, the, the original books, like, there's like four of from the originals, like when the games first came out. Yeah. And they are amazing stories. They could have picked any yeah. one of those and turned that into a TV show and fans would have been happy. I actually would have enjoyed the first season being the, the rise of the Spartans and the horrible shit they went through. Like... Yeah. They started off with like 80 kids or something and they whittled them down to about 25 or something that survived the training. Like, it was bad. It was not good. They could have had the entire first season as like the first episode is them collecting the kids mm. and like them going through the training and then like end of the third season you're down to Chief and it ends with a view of the fucking Halo. Yeah. Like, yeah that would have been fucking great you would have drawn people in got new people or people even, playing the old games yeah because best way you could have ended that would have actually been him just getting onto the pillar of autumn and getting yeah, into the tomb yeah yeah like the weird thing is like the first interactions with the covenant as well I would love to have seen that because so far there's like we are at war with the covenant like explain how it happened because in the books it's bad like a well, lot of people the die books, originally the covenant just turn up they, there is no yeah. hi we're here now and uh, give us all your stuff it's just they turn up and fuck shit up it, it started off that's being, it there's no comms between them yeah it started off just being like we, we keep losing ships in this sector should we go and find out why yeah okay oh god aliens we, we've lost several planets and the planets are now empty what is happening yeah. and then they turn up pretty much yep oh, and how much have the Covenant been in the show very little very yeah actually on the same vein, the show based about killing the Covenant yeah. is they're they're not even here. The same vein of good source material turned into hacky movies or like TV shows. Uh, I'm trying to remember the actual name of it, but it's the story of a bunch of kids who are being trained to fight a hive alien, and they have to go on like the grand fight over in like the far distance. Ender's Game. Ender's Game. That's the one. The movie for that? I love that book so much. The book is amazing. Oh. I love that book. Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. the movie, oh, it, it makes me sad. Because... They, they did what they did the Avatar. Yeah. Last Airbender. Oh, yeah. The reveal horrible. in the book is so much better. And, you know, we're still in the spoiler well, alert. So, you know, they were doing it the entire time. I mean... Anyone listening, movie. highly recommend to read the book or listen to an audio book. Just... Go the book. Avoid the Actually, movie. <laughs> the audiobook is very good. Oh, yeah. Well done. Very, very much so. Um, there are some really good like, readers for that. I think Stephen Fry did a version of that yeah. one. I can't imagine that. The weird thing I, is... I feel like that would sound really weird. The weird thing is, I, I love the fact that he's just doing audiobooks now. He's like semi-retired. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to read books to people. Like, I, I appreciate this. 
I'm currently working yeah. through his uh, his reading of the Harry Potters, and Ooh. oh, they're so good. <laughs> Ooh, that's got to be a good I'm, list. I'm going to have Stephen Fry done all the Harry Potters, and oh, well worth. Have it. you I'm listened like to him read now? his own autobiography? No, I it's haven't. It's amazing. Okay. He has his autobiography on Audible, and it's him reading it. And at the start, he's like, you know what? I wrote this book, so I'm going to waffle. I'm like, I'm already in. And he's I was had, about to say, please say it's got lots of side commentary from him. And my favorite thing is, like, he's had an interesting life. Like, he's been to prison, like, for, I think it was identity theft. And taught at a boys' school, despite never actually studying to be a teacher. Like... I, I just... I love this man. He's amazing. Need more of him. Okay, I think I know what I'm going to get with my next Audible crew. Yeah, great. I mean, I do need a palate cleanser because I'm currently like into my third set of Black Ocean novels. They are so damn good. I have to compliment you on the recommendation of those. Oh my god, I love them so much. <laughs> Black Ocean is awesome. Yeah. I think I have to start listening to those uh, while I'm at work. I mean, given the fact that they're like... Uh, give me a minute, let me open up my Audible and I'll tell you how fucking long they are because they are long um, uh, if it's going to tell me how long they are I mean like, what's that, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 that's 88 hours for the one I'm reading right now um, where is Astral Prime? I mean years ago I was listening to the Foundation uh, Astral Audible. Prime, I've got it here is 61 hours Mercury yeah, for High is 92 hmm. Yeah, I'm re- I'm listening to Mercenary for Hire right now, um, and and Galactic Outlaws is something like twenty four hours mm. or some shit. Um, Actually, John Doe, did you end up um, listening to or reading the Monster Hunter stuff? Oh, they're so good. I've played a couple of the games. That's about as far as I've gotten with Monster Hunter. Oh um, no, Monster Hunter International is uh, you know like the old TV show Supernatural. Yes, it's that, but they take it seriously. So it's a Ooh. it's a private military co- company whose entire thing is to hunt down and kill monsters for bounties, because the government knows this shit exists. They have a bounty system so that they can reward people for getting it uh, or killing a thing. So the main character is introduced because he ends up killing a werewolf with his bare hands. Uh, and they just turn up at his hospital going, Hi, welcome. You you are joining us. No, no, no. They turn up to his hospital, it's the MCB. Yeah. And they're like, okay, so we're just here to tell you to, one, shut the fuck up. Don't tell the anyone you're a werewolf. And uh, we're just going to hang around, and if you start turning into a werewolf, I'm going to cap you right now. Yeah. So the, the government turns up, like their version of the Men in Black, essentially, is like, if you're a werewolf, we're going to have to kill you. Just outright. Um... But then in walks the uh, Monster Hunter International. Rep. It's when he go he go he goes home, and then um, Monster Hunter comes and finds. Doesn't one of them turn up um, in, in a the modern day corporate Witcher? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's that's actually a pretty good way to put it. Yeah, so it's <laughs> it's the the Monster Hunter International by uh, Larry Carrera. They're, lo- they're absolutely amazing. Great. I'm looking at it on Audible right now. I just uh, added it to my list. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's fun. There are some interesting things in that one. I really enjoy that series. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. And if you like that one and you want something else to read, then you go look up Bubba. Yeah, I, that's on my list. There's a. 
it's a completely different author doing a very similar style story called Bubba the Monster Hunter. And it is absolutely the type of guy who has the name Bubba. <laughs> it's like some six foot dude who's built like a brick shitter, lives out in the back country of buttfuck nowhere. And people are just like, oh yeah, let's go fight monsters. He's like, fuck yeah, grabs a shotgun. <laughs> or like, when you start uh, listening to Monster Hunter International, when you get to the elves, we want your opinion on the them. Fucking and then when you, <laughs> I'm not even gonna yeah. spoil. Then when you get to the second book with the gnomes, I want your opinion on them. The gnomes, the, gnomes. the fucking gnomes. I tell you, I'll listen to them this week at work, and uh, I'll get back to you by next week. Done. I, I, <laughs> I'm keen to hear what you think of them because it's so much fun. <laughs> Oh, the gnomes are the fucking best. Oh. Also, I mean, Stephen the elves are great, but the fucking... What's that? Stephen Fry did Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Not oh. Ender's Game, but his version of Hitchhiker's is amazing. I'm going to have to listen also, to that. Also, he, uh, he wrote two books. One's called Mythos and Heroes. They go through, like, Greek history and gods and... I have that them on my shelf. Like, I actually bought those books. Oh, my books. God, they are so good. He uh, he narrated he narrated them themselves for Audible. Ooh. And Oh, so good. I'm going to have to get those because I need more of Stephen Fry. I used to like sit there and repeatedly watch Q, uh, was it, um, QI. QI. Because in the background, mm. it's just so much fun. And then and you learn shit. Yeah, you learn the weirdest <laughs> stuff It's from funny it. as hell and you learn stuff. Yeah, it's great. But, oh. Oh, I am absolutely going to have to get some of these Stephen Fry read books. Oh, go through it. Pretty much anything from his catalogue is well worth it, but Mythos and Heroes are really good. And recently, and Patrick his Stewart reading has of Hitchhikers is brilliant. Yes, he has. They mm. are good as well. Yeah, they're yeah. soothing. They put me to sleep. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I, I listen to, I listen to them at work. I'm just like, I'm down. I've got to go for smoke. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, have you watched the new Doctor Strange yet? Yes, yes, I watched that on uh, Thursday. Just gone. All right. So yes. Did you get hit the, by the wave of nostalgia when, like, Professor X rolls out in the original chair to the original goddamn oh, theme? Yes, very, very much so. But I also thought, how the fuck did he fight Thanos in that thing? My favorite thing is when they showed him on the battlefield, just <laughs> sitting in the chair. And it's it's <laughs> yeah, pristine! He rolls through rubble. <laughs> like, a small rock would hold him up. Yeah. The weird thing is, it's pristine still, so I'm assuming he's been holding out the back, watching it all go down. <laughs> Just watching it through all of his friends' minds' eye while I do all this stuff, he's like, yes, I, well done, good stuff, I'm out. <laughs> I contributed. <laughs> and I helped. <laughs> Oh, Acting as oh, the like water boy, just rolling out a big jug of water. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the chair is so dehydrated. big, it's got a fridge in it. <laughs> it's a kegerator. <laughs> <laughs> I sense you are thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but... oh, God, I just want that now. <laughs> oh, that, that fight was brutal, and I loved every second of it. Yeah, Absolutely. Ooh. Good times. It makes you wonder, like, why the fuck didn't she go ham like that? Like, Thanos Army's right there, and she's like, uh, okay, I'll, I guess I'll hold back on this one. Yeah. Like, one, she wasn't as... She hadn't mastered her powers as much as... And two, she was under the effects of the Darkhold. The way I saw it was, um, uh, I think they explained it in a different book series that was really well, the, um, the Dresden Files, which was Dresden had a lot of power, but he had no focus. Like he couldn't point it in the right direction. The same kind of thing. She had all that power to throw in, like just waves and waves of it. 
but then didn't know how runes work, so couldn't make complicated, powerful things. Mm. That's fair enough. Basically, like, shine, light on its own is, is good, but then you put it through a bunch of lenses and you can start burning things. Mm. That is true. Well, we're north of an hour of recording now, so I Are think we? we're going to wrap things up that for went this quick. week. Yeah. yeah, it does. We've done well. <laughs> so, uh, glad to have you on board, John Doe, for Cheers, how many bud. episodes of this you feel like doing. Well, um, if you'll have me back next week, I'll be here. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think I'll, uh, we will. I'll, uh, I'll download that book and I'll, I'll give you my opinion on it next week. <laughs> Very Excellent. keen. All right. Later, guys. Have a good one. Cheers. See you, mate.